Hello and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I am Drew. And welcome back. And we hope you had an absolutely fantastic holiday. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're all indulging in some great food and some great drink. Yep. And you are ready to celebrate the end of 2020 in style with us mm-hmm. because we're off to the prom yes indeed we are dressed in our fanciest clothes yes and we are ready to get our party on i really wanted to wear one of those old t-shirts you know the ones that's like a tuxedo it's just in t-shirt form i was going to wear my book of mormon t-shirt i would not have let you take me to the prom <laughs> yeah I, i've got a really cool book of mormon t-shirt which is literally just the same as that but it's just a black tie I, I was going to wear that, but I don't think it fits me after all the food. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Prom. Yes. So. This is the Netflix adaptation that launched uh, Friday the 12th mm-hmm. of December. So it's fairly new, but the show itself is is a few years old. Yes. And it's directed by Ryan Murphy of Glee fame. The film, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know that this stems from a real life controversy mm-hmm. of a teenage girl who was banned from her prom because her high school wouldn't allow her to go with her girlfriend yeah now what i don't know is if what happens as a consequence is true because we have some out of work actors who see this and think they can do it as a charity thing Mm -hmm. and kind of raise the profile of this case, but they're not doing it because they actually care about the girl and her girlfriend. They just want to raise their profiles. Sure. Kind of like the idea we see like that kind of cynical approach to celebrity where it's like, what cause can I attach myself to? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, there's, famine you can attach yourself to that i don't know if they're doing this because they themselves are part of the lgbtq plus community Mm -hmm. or if they're just kind of exploiting something to raise their profile yeah in real life it was a lot of celebrities like green day and lance bass that were showing their support that's really cool for the real girl who went through this her name was constance mcmillan and yeah, she planned to take her girlfriend to their prom and was banned from attending by the school board. Which is absolutely disgusting. Yep. Where is and it set? Uh, is it set in the same place versus the real story? So they've changed the location. Have they changed the names? They've changed all the names. They've changed the location. They've changed basically the whole plot except for that premise, the main premise of it. And then there's one Which I, thing that is like a big deal that happens later in the, yeah. the show. I think that's fair. I think you've got to protect the innocent first mm-hmm. and foremost, because there's going to be a lot of innocent people that possibly got hurt. Yep. Yeah. Do you know what? People made mistakes mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have that kind of always held against them because they could change. And yep. if they do change, it's not fair to still have their names associated with it. Mm-hmm. I like, though, when we get something like this that is inspired by real life. I think it's very important because I firmly believe we need to learn from history so we don't repeat it. Yeah. And I think a show like this sets a precedent for what could happen if if that happens again. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, 
the stage show of the poem was released in 2016 in Atlanta yeah for its premiere then it moved to Broadway in 2018 cool yeah and the as you know, the music and lyrics and book were written by our good friends from last week's episode of Elf, the musical. Yes. Yep. So we've got Matthew Schuyler, Chad Beguilin, and Bob Martin of Elf, the musical fame, amongst other things. Yes. Who are back to work on the prom for us. And the original concept for it was written by Jack Viotel, who they then got the rights from to write this show so who did they have to get the rights from because it's an autobiographical story Mm -hmm. did they have to get the rights from constance to tell her story did they have to get the rights from the newspaper that maybe covered it or the online platform that covered it yeah so she constance mcmillan released the rights um to an author and then you had they had to get the rights from that author okay cool which is how I guess things like that generally work. So does she still benefit from it? Like all this money f- that Netflix may generate from no prom? I, I wonder if she's going to see anything really of it. Because so. so do I. Because I think, you know, presumably though, she sold the rights and mm-hmm. maybe got a, a big fortune for the rights. Yeah. And hopefully negotiated 10% of any future income mm-hmm. or something. I hope she got the right... Uh, a little bit more from this yeah because you look at the stars attached to this show mm-hmm. and you know netflix have put some serious money behind it they are all names maybe mm-hmm. to its detriment but they are all names that you can bill that will generate interest yeah that's true okay so when this came out it was a big deal. Yeah. People had heard about the original story mm-hmm. and that it was getting turned into a Broadway show. I actually saw a um, workshop rehearsal version of one of the songs from nice. this. Nice. Way before I ever knew anything about it. I just remember seeing it on YouTube one day and it was completely different to how it ends up in the show because that's how workshops yeah. of shows work. And thinking oh wow that looks that looks really good and then realizing oh man this is a a gay love story this looks amazing i haven't seen anything like this before yeah that's so important Mm -hmm. especially with teenagers as the main character and it seemed really wholesome to me and i was like oh this looks really cute i'd love to know more about this and then i didn't see anything about it for absolutely ages but when it came out in 2016 and then moved to Broadway in 2018, yeah. it became a huge, huge deal because they performed at the 2018 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Cool. And they performed a song and dance number from the show. <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil anything for yeah. you. That was the first LGBTQ plus kiss on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Which is, to my knowledge, screened nationally. Yep. So there's a lot of eyes on that. And that's mm-hmm. a big deal if that happens in 2018. If that's kind of like that first milestone then. Yep. Because when, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to make too many Doctor Who references, but when the first season of Doctor Who aired, and you had Christopher Eccleston kiss John Barrowman, that was the first... Uh, gay kiss on bbc one yeah and even that feels like in 2004 
that's way too late for that to have happened, mm-hmm. you'd have thought something like that would have happened a lot longer. Yeah. So the fact that we're now 2018 and America is hitting this big milestone even seems more backwards. Yeah, especially considering that there are so many musicals that perform at that parade yeah. every single year. When It's not like there's a lack of LGBTQ people in musicals you know like we should have had something more by now yeah but that was a really big deal at the time the film 2020 film is all the same people as the stage show so we've got matthew schuyler chad beguilin so they're all all involved in the making of it Mm -hmm. that's good i like that that means we've got authenticity to it yep probably because it is so close from conception execution to putting it on film yeah it's not like lame is where there has been like a good 20 30 years and some revisions taking place Mm -hmm. so we are in the the magical world of ryan murphy productions yeah in that he is directing this and producing this amongst other producers see for all the faults in glee i think it's a really fun musical series yeah and i'm really glad that Ryan Murphy has helmed this because of his background with Glee. Okay. I think he gets the musical style and he gets the way to adapt. Oh, musicals to film? Yes. Sure, I know what you mean, yeah. You know, and I think as a result of that, yeah, Glee isn't always perfect. But directorially, that's a a good person. And tonally, like, he also gets the idea of the shift from sudden, like, talking and normal Mm. life into big broadway musical number yeah so ryan murphy announced plans for this during a charity performance of the prom yeah in 2019 so they filmed it quite quickly then all things considered yeah that was in april june 25th 2019 they reveal meryl streep james corden andrew rannells and nicole kidman all at once which that is a lot of big names to be like, oh, hey, we already got them all to agree to this. And also comes at a time before we'd all been burned by Buster for Jones. Yeah. And our only real experience of James Gordon in a musical was Into the Woods. Sure. So. I mean, he'd done other stuff. I know he had, but in film, all he had done at this point in time was Into the Woods and he still had kind of some good equity as a name being attached to it. Mm Mm-hmm. They then announced Keegan-Michael Key. Recognise the name. You will recognise him. He's Key and Peel. Okay, you're going to recognise him, don't worry. Was he one of the voices in Toy Story 4? Yeah, he's one of the, the, the like, stuffed rude animals. stuffed animals. Yeah. yeah, I haven't actually... I know, I can visualise him. And I know I've seen him in other things. Mm-hmm. He's especially got, like, a really identifiable name. Yeah. But I just can't tell you what else I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Yeah. I think he's a good actor. And they announced that Aquafina was going to be playing a character called Miss Sheldon. Yeah. Um, the stage show is, that's a male character called Sheldon Saperstein. And everyone was like, oh, that's cool. We like her. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Ariana Grande was initially cast to play Alyssa Green, which is one of the two teenagers. Okay. Um, And then scheduling conflicts with her world tour she just dropped out very very quickly everyone around that time that i spoke to about this show we all thought it was a fake casting 
I can't imagine there would have been a positive reaction. Not through Ariana Grande's fault. Mm -hmm. She's not my style, but she is talented. Yeah. I think what might have taken issue is the role she's been cast as. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, She does have a huge background in Broadway, though. That's not what I mean. I know, but like... Yeah, no, she's talented. She's incredibly talented. You Mm -hmm. told me she started off in... 13. 13. So I know she's got a good reputation. Mm Mm-hmm. They then cast Kerry Washington, who is widely known for Fantastic Four. The one that The 2005 came... yeah. one. Yeah. She's Alicia Masters. She's like Thingy's girlfriend. Yeah. Ben yeah. Grimm's. Mm-hmm. Who's she being cast as? Her mum. Okay. Sorry, I thought you said they cast her to replace... No, no, not to replace Ariana I'm thinking Grande, that's a very sorry. old teenager. We'll get on to who replaced Ariana yes. Grande. At this point, they denounced Ariana Grande. She hasn't dropped out Okay, yet. cool. She's also just been in Little Fires Everywhere, mm-hmm. which my mum keeps telling me we have to watch. Yes. But... Someone with Reese Witherspoon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. She's a phenomenal actress. She's great. Yeah. Right. Ariana Grande drops out, and they then cast in October... Ariana DeBose, who is the bullet girl in Hamilton. Cool. Yeah. If you remember who that is. I do. Yeah. I, 100% the bullet mm-hmm. girl is one of my favourite parts of Hamilton. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So she's playing Alyssa. And then we get Joe Ellen Pellman cast as Emma, the leading role. Yes. So the real girl, Constance, has been changed to Emma. Joe Ellen Pellman is an alumni of Michigan University Theatre Programme. I have been watching her on YouTube for years without realising that she was who she is. That's awesome. And she is a LGBTQ plus advocate in real life and is also, I believe, queer, because she uses the word queer, which is the only reason I'm saying that. Which I feel is a good kind of point for me to address one of the controversies I've heard about this film. Mm Mm-hmm is that they are casting straight actors yep. in queer roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically James Corden. Mm-hmm. Which is why I I don't know how Ariana Grande identifies, but I know she's been linked to famous men. Yeah. So I can't imagine the casting of her in that role... Mm-hmm would have been well received considering the importance and the hindsight of James Corden. Mm -hmm. From what I've seen in the trailers, James Corden is playing a very stereotypical gay man. Yes. Uh, Over the top camp gay man. Which... I don't, I don't know. I've, I've, I've avoided a lot because I know we're going to cover it. Has that been received well? Are people miffed by it or are people okay with it? People are very miffed by it. Okay. And the discussion that I've seen the most is that this character in the stage show came off kind of the same way in that he is really over the top and he is a stereotype of what gay men are seen to be like and in a show that's supposed to be about, hey, we're not stereotypes. And we're celebrating our, who we are. Yeah, it was just 
an interesting choice. Yeah. However, people had less problem with it because it was less widely known. Yes. This caused a huge problem because there are a whole lot of movies where you have straight actors or cis actors playing roles that they should, in my opinion, not be playing. Well, Scarlett Johansson dropped out of a role because she was going to be playing basically a non-cis person. Mm. And was told this is wrong. Hey, this isn't a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't understand how James Corden got this far into this movie without someone being like, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Yeah. We've, uh, we've seen calls online for roles like this and not just LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. a range of roles to be played by correct people. Yeah. Like casting needs to be decided way more sensibly than this and also as i've already said this is musical theater it's not like we're lacking in gay men to play this role i saw somebody make a really comprehensive list of actors who are currently not doing anything or weren't doing anything when this was filming who could have played this role including nathan lane he would would have have been been great (laughs) also january 25th 2020 so we've just gotten into 2020 the film is coming out you know 11 months later they announced that aquafina dropped out of the film because of scheduling conflicts and they cast kevin chamberlain as sheldon character changing it back to a male actor. what it was originally mm-hmm. he is a huge broadway alum and we love him cool also a disney channel alum so when was this filmed then if literally this year they basically filmed this whole film. Filming commenced on December 11th in 2019. Yeah. And then continued until March 12th, 2020. Right before. Where they had to suspend because of the yeah. pandemic. And then all of the leads had wrapped filming. But they then needed to go back and do reshoots yeah. and things. And they had to work around. Okay. So one of the things I'm interested to ask you then. Mm-hmm. Does it look clunky when you watch it? Like, does it look like it has been disturbed by the pandemic? I didn't think so, but there are a lot of scenes that in hindsight are like weirdly outside. So this is the thing that like, I feel like it's really interesting. Not only are we ending 2020 with a celebration, Mm -hmm. we're actually ending 2020 with a 2020 release. That's something that was created this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the same can be said for Christmas in the Square, which we covered a few weeks ago. That must have been filmed, like, 2019. Yeah. So this is really interesting to me, because mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the first kind of big productions that definitely was happening as the pandemic hit, but also evolved. Mm-hmm. So it feels like one of the most appropriate ways to end this year. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I know that you were very emotionally invested in this one when we watched it. Yeah. Um, I So I sat on the couch with my headphones in and watched this film because I wanted to see it before we watched it together. Yeah, and you also wanted to remain spoiler-free, which uh, first for you. Yeah, so I had to watch this the day it came out because I didn't want... I know I, I am very prone to seeing other people's opinions online and thinking, oh, well, I just won't watch that then. Yeah. And I really wanted to watch this and I really wanted to form my own opinion. So I was like, I'm going to watch this as soon as it comes out. Stuck my headphones in, watched it, absolutely sobbed. 
So this is what's interesting. Me, yeah, like... is this is one of the first times where I've actively seen you react to something we're going to watch. Yeah. That with Phantom or other shows, mm-hmm. I know you like them, but I've never seen you in the process of watching it. Yeah. You enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You. I have a lot of this. issues with it. Yeah. I have a lot of issues specifically with James but Gordon. One of the things I remember you saying is how you wish this film had existed when you were growing up. Oh man, there is not a film, and especially a musical, because I am a musical theatre kid. There wasn't a musical like this for me when I was a teenager, or for anybody that I knew, because you didn't see characters like this, and I'm trying really hard not to spoil anything. No, and we'll talk about these moments when they crop up, but Mm -hmm. this is, I would say, one of the most important ones we're going to watch together. Yeah. Because... But just specifically because it's about teenage girls. Yeah. That's, yeah. I feel, incredibly important. Yeah, and I would agree. I think anything that presents something as normal mm-hmm. is important, especially yeah. in today where there is so much hatred in the world and so much else to be scared by in the world. The last mm-hmm. thing we need is bigotry yeah. of any sort. And also it's really nice to see a movie about young lgbtq plus characters where one of them doesn't die at the end so like i'm very pleased by that all of the films i remember that were well and again around the vampire slayer yeah things like that that were around when i was a teenager and younger one of them always dies and i i don't like it yeah (laughs) and like why why should you be punished specifically in film for being the way that you are and yeah. loving who you love. So this one's an important one. Mm-hmm. One that I'm sure we're going to have to talk about some difficult things and maybe how we could change them. Mm-hmm. Similar to what we did Legally Blonde, I'm sure, where there's things that, hey, doesn't work. Maybe it could be done this way. Yep. But the ball is rapidly dropping. Yes. We want to get this show on the road. I think we need to put our champagne down. and we need to go to prom yes indeed and we will see you very very shortly yes Kaylee has a small tattoo That tattoo would be taboo Kaylee, guess what waits for you? An eternity in the fiery pits of hell Shelby, you seem sweet to me But if it has come to be You've lost your virginity We'll be stoning you and your family as well And we are back. We have watched The Prom. Yeah. We survived. Do you feel like your life changed? I definitely got goosebumps at moments, I have to say. That's good. And obviously, this isn't a story for me. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think as a teacher... And working with kids who I know this show would mean the world to. Mm-hmm. 
I think obviously it has a meaning for me. Yeah. Um, but obviously as a story for me, it's not one that resonates simply because it's not my experience of the world. Yeah. And obviously I'm not saying that to, you know, kind of downplay it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I think it was an absolutely amazing film. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it did give me goosebumps. Maybe different notes didn't hit the emotional peaks they would have simply because that's not my experience of the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously there'll be other people maybe listening to the show or who have maybe watched it that have emotional peak after emotional peak after emotional peak because that is their experience of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there are a lot of issues with this show. Yeah. Specifically with the casting. And we had an extensive discussion about James Corden and how we both felt about it. You know my stance is yes. I feel like gay actors should play gay characters. Yes, and I do think... What I'm going to say is I'm not going to criticise James Corden for taking a role. Yeah. At the end of the day, the problem lies with the casting directors. Yeah. They should have said we are auditioning gay actors. Mm-hmm. If they are opening to everyone, he has every right to play that role. Now, maybe there's a voice in his head that should probably say, is this appropriate? I, let's let's talk about it before we actually start our commentary, because I think it's an important thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. At the start, I firmly believed the film would have been better had we swapped James Corden with Andrew Rannells. Sure. Now. I would do that just to see more of Andrew Rannells. However, that being said... I loved Love Thy Neighbour and I wonder if I wouldn't have liked it because it wasn't Andrew mm. Rannell's performance. Do you know who played that role on Broadway? Who? Andrew Rannell's character, Christopher Cyber, who you will remember as Lord Farquaad in Shrek the Musical. Cool. So this is the whom thing. we love. <laughs> I really liked that character mm-hmm. and I think Andrew Rannell's was great as that character. Yeah. Now, do I still enjoy that character if James Corden takes that role and Andrew Rannell's is... Barry. Maybe for just having less James Corden. Possibly. Now, I, I like James Corden. Mm-hmm. I've liked him since I watched Gavin and Stacey back in the day. Yeah. I enjoyed him in Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. I do like his late show. Yeah. And the skits that he's produced. I think as this film went on, he got better. Yeah. And I said this to you. That I think at the start of it, he was very much playing a stereotyped character. Mm-hmm. However, I've got notes later on that basically says that he got better as time goes on. So but that's I've, more to do with the yeah. character writing that's than what, yeah. James Corden. What I've said is Barry's character at the start feels like a disguise to hide his vulnerabilities. And now he is finally shedding his facade. Do you want to hear some quotes from critics about James Corden? Yes. Specifically. So The Guardian described his casting not his performance just his casting as spectacularly misjudged yeah newsweek said it was an offensive miscasting which sure and a (laughs) journalist for the telegraph called tim roby said it made him embarrassed to be gay and then richard lawson of vanity fair said it was one of the worst performances of the 21st century that is the only one of those that is a comment on his performance yeah. rather than the casting. I think that's the problem that people have is the yeah. casting, not his performance. No, and I think this is it. I think that if we're going to criticise anyone for this, it shouldn't be James Corden. He suggests for a role he was offered. Yeah, it should be the people who made this. The people who cast it have the blame. 
mm-hmm. for whatever reason they've chosen him now maybe it's because his name is more bankable than andrew rannells and to be fair i am a big fan of book of mormon i really like andrew rannells but to a casual netflix viewer who is going to attract you to a film more meryl streep james corden or andrew rannells <laughs> but you've already got meryl streep you've got meryl streep sure I don't know. but who is going to attract you to a role more yeah anyway the I, reason we're discussing this yeah. now is so that for while we talk about the actual film we're not sidetracking into yeah. talking about that decision i think ultimately yes i really loved andrew rannells as trent mm-hmm. and i actually think he was great as trent i love trent <laughs> and trent is one of my favorite characters in this yeah i do firmly believe that andrew rannells could have played barry brilliantly mm-hmm. and james corden could have played trent brilliantly i actually think it plays to james corden's kind of arrogant egotistical character more so to be trent in my days at juilliard yeah. especially because then he can still be british yep i think it works mm-hmm. i don't know whether it's just his choice of accent or whether somebody coached him on that accent or whether they just said hey just do an american accent but it just sounded i don't know what and also i'm really used to him talking with a british accent so that was so weird i think it's it's a combination of poor casting Mm -hmm. but also a poorly written character yeah i I like the fact that the character develops and he loses a lot of the camp elements as time goes on yeah. and the flamboyancy. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the film, he feels more like an actual person. Yeah. And for me, the reason I've kind of allowed the character to be good in my mind is because the Barry we see at the start is like I say, a, a facade. Mm-hmm. He is playing up to this image of what pe- the world thinks he should be. He's not being true to himself. And he will become a better person through knowing Emma. Yeah. And that's how I can deal with kind of... Because you told me even the original Broadway actor playing Barry considers it an offensive stereotype. Mm-hmm. That's how I can deal with that portrayal. James Corden shouldn't touch the role. Yep. I liked him in it. Okay. But... He shouldn't have been that role. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Obviously, for me, I actively teach my students to avoid um, stereotypes in their performance. And the stereotype that we see in Barry is one that I stop in a classroom. Yeah. The second I see it. Mm -hmm. I stop a lot of those stereotypes, which kids don't necessarily realise they are doing is harmful. That's part of my job as a drama teacher, as a secondary school teacher, is to say hey, you're not in trouble for doing this, but can I tell you why Mm -hmm. it's maybe not appropriate, you know? Yeah. They should have cast somebody who is gay in that role. A hundred percent. This is a very powerful film for, I think, teenagers who could help shape their view of the world, especially if they themselves are struggling to come to terms with their sexuality. Yeah. And if you... If you are supported by having somebody who you resonate with as a leading member playing that role, who goes through the journey that that character does, it feels more true to you. Mm. So I'm going to avoid the kind of controversial um, casting. Mm -hmm. We'll address things I don't like in the character as we crop to them. Mm -hmm. But obviously, 
this is the thing we're going to be talking about the story and the characters and only barely commenting on people's performances yeah. because we're a comedy show yeah <laughs> we want to talk about their actual performances yeah. and how and the story and how the story gripped us but i think people have every right to complain about it oh yeah for sure i think it's the only way we are going to change the society is people need to say hold on netflix hold on warner brothers fox disney whoever mm-hmm. this isn't okay yeah and maybe this would have flown back with breakfast and tiffany's doesn't work in 2020 it kind of didn't fly then either no but it certainly doesn't fly now no. and we need to hold everyone to be accountable for these things mm-hmm. people need role models to look up to and there are so many minorities that don't see their voices represented in media yeah i'm very lucky as a white male i'm filled with privilege and i'm aware of that but i'm also very aware that growing up a lot of the people i see on tv have the same lifestyle and skin color as me yeah you know there's a lot of things we're seeing now where we are trying to push for black voices for gay voices for female voices which is amazing Mm -hmm. but we need to continue to do better just letting female stories gay stories black stories be told isn't enough the characters being brought to life need to be true to the voices being told. Yeah. I think. So, we open with our queen, Kerry Washington. Let's get to it. Yep. I, think <laughs> I just want to talk about the show now. I think it's a brilliant way to start this show. Yeah. We, we start need an immediate preface that, obviously, this has happened. They've cancelled the prom because there's a lesbian in town the sheer horror i know and there goes the neighborhood i actually don't know whether this is the way that the show opens i like the way that the film opens yeah for sure obviously we're talking about the the 2020 film version i haven't seen the stage show and there may be jokes or bits that are different Mm -hmm. i hope i'll get to see the stage show and maybe someday we'll cover it the same way we've done the last five years as a live experience versus the film yeah i've seen bits of the stage show mostly the musical numbers and then bits of the acting yes but i haven't seen the whole thing i know has it ever come to england no no it's very new do you think it's more likely to come to england as a result of the film not with the backlash it's getting fair you know I always like yeah, things. Yeah, it literally that... was only on Broadway. Yeah. I always like things that start in media res, that we just pick up in the middle of this world. Mm-hmm. And we very quickly learn prom has very specific rules suits or tuxedos for the men. Yeah. Non revealing dresses. The way that she says that line, and I've watched this film <laughs> two and a half times yes. now because we watched it halfway through and then restarted it. We got it. 20 minutes in and then we had to restart it. Yeah. Um, the way that she delivers that line, she says, you know, there's there's a really strict set of rules that they have to obey. Girls must wear non-revealing dresses. Boys must wear a suit. Or tuxedo. Or tuxedo. And when she says, or tuxedo, she smiles. like She's like, oh, how lucky they would be to wear a tuxedo. But th- so this is it. Without even realising it, there's already more issues here is the fact that you know that her prom mm-hmm. would turn away girls in suits. Yeah, for sure. So it's not just a case of her final ruling, which is only dates of opposite gender. She would yeah. probably have turned Emma away for going in her suit. Mm-hmm. The, the the worst bit about it is, as well, that she isn't just doing this. She has the backing of a unanimous decision. 
Yeah. And this decision is being made by the PTA, which is the Parent Teacher Association. Association. And I don't know why they're allowed to make these decisions. Obviously, I grew up going to a English school and so did you. Yeah. And so far as I was aware, our version of that is the governors. Yeah. And they don't have that much say over what's happening. I guess the PTA are funding this prom. So... Yeah, but this is it. They fund it and they make a lot of choices for it. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, so she is has made that decision. They the press it. are following her around yep. saying, well, why don't you just ban this one girl from the prom? And she has said they can't ban Emma, so prom is cancelled. Yeah. So instead of just outright banning her because they've been told that there will be legal action taken against yeah. them, they've just cancelled it instead. Yes. Which is realistically could have gotten Emma killed. Yeah. Like, they, they don't mm. care about her that much. No. And... We do very briefly meet head teacher Tom, yeah, who says that this is a civil rights matter. Emma's very like, wow, really, mm-hmm. and that he is going to be taking the decision further. Yes, he's going to be talking to the state attorney. Yes, cut to New York City, Broadway, baby, and we see Eleanor. Yeah, the now, Eleanor Roosevelt musical. So this. Is the same universe as Wicked and as Phantom because we see their posters, their banners, we see their theatre fronts. Mm-hmm. This is also the same world as Chicago. Yep. Because Nicole Kidman is in Chicago. And obviously Bob Fosse. And obviously Fosse exists. Mm-hmm. However, in this universe, Hamilton doesn't exist. No. Because Eleanor Roosevelt is the Hamilton musical. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. The issue is not being taken quite so well i wonder if the people who wrote this have issues with hamilton i think it's just a joke i wonder if it's a joke but i also wonder if it's a little bit more (laughs) maybe i think the point is it's a joke on like if anyone else other than lynn had tried to make this a thing yeah it would have failed that or it's a thinly veiled criticism on hamilton and we talked about some things about that when we were yeah. when we did our Hamilton episode, which you can go back and listen to. Now, I actually do think if they ever do want to make an Eleanor Roosevelt film, just give the Oscar to Meryl Streep already. Yeah, don't even bother. I like, again, though, she says, Eleanor, no one's ever heard of her. Just like Incredible. Hamilton. Just like Hamilton. But the point of that joke, obviously, being that everyone's heard of Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. And we that... are across the pond and we know who she is. Yeah. And that Dee Dee, this character, obviously just has no self-awareness. She's that much of a narcissist, which is a word that's thrown around a lot during this movie. Yes. And she thinks that nobody had heard of Eleanor until she played her. Well, technically she hasn't played her yet because this is opening night. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh, God. What does I, she think is going to happen? I have to say, it's really nice to see this side of Meryl Streep. Yeah. Because she's usually so kind of endearing and nice. Oh, I love her so much. Yeah. We do meet Barry. Mm. James Corden is playing Franklin D. Roosevelt across Meryl Streep. And he said it was a very interesting challenge to get inside his shoes. Or yeah. wheelchair. And by shoes, I mean wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Dee Dee Allen and Barry Grickman. 
I think you you are very much setting us up to find these characters unlikable at the start. Mm-hmm. And and they do a good job of it. They do a very good job of it, yeah. I got it right, the idea that these are actors who don't actually care, but they need something to, you know. Yeah, you were right. I was really impressed yeah. when you guessed that before. Their view is very much there is no difference between celebs and president. I mean, come on, look at America mm-hmm. electing Trump. That's kind of true. Yep. But... Both have the power to change the world. Yes. And the song that they sing here, which is called Changing Lives. Yes. Is so funny. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a really good song to start the show off. Yeah. But just them being like, oh, I know when I'm playing this part, I will change your life. (laughs) What I find interesting about this song and why I think it is such a good song to start with is at this point, I don't think you know if this is a comedy or a serious film yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That the topic it's tackling is a very serious topic. However, you would, you would be forgiven for going in thinking this would be quite a lame is serious production. Hmm. This song from the get go establishes that yes, we're going to deal with a very, very serious topic, but we are going to deal with it in a light manner, yeah, in an accessible manner. We establish bravos to James Corden and. Meryl Streep for their representations is very much like the producers. This is a hit. Yeah. You you wouldn't blame them for celebrating after one good review because everyone in that theatre is up, hats in the air, celebrating Bravo. Yeah. Speaking of the producers, where do they go for their after show party? Sardis. Yes. Which is where in the producers he's saying that he wants to eat every day. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. There's a brilliant line here which I just think is excellent. Also, it means that this tour de force will not be forced to tour. Yep. And they, they plot Eleanor 2, mm-hmm. Electric In Boogaloo. In 10 years or so, we'll do Eleanor 2. Yes. And I've noticed this about the costumes in the world, is they do look sparkle, jolly, twinkle, jingly. <laughs> they do. And this oh, the costumes in this are incredible. Yeah. I want every item of clothing that Emma wears in this film. Mm. But also... I love that how over the top glittery they went with all the Broadway characters. Yeah. Just incredible. But what I like about the Broadway characters is as they grow to become mm-hmm. more than just the actors, but actually to get an awareness of the world around them, their style changes. They go from this big extravagant kind of mockery of what it is to be a Broadway actor to real people. Yeah. And it, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. The first review was good, but the second, not so much. And thinly veiled criticism of of Hamilton. Was it the hip hop? Yeah, again, I think that's just a Hamilton joke. I think it is, yeah. Was Um, it the hip hop and their director's like, yes, but... (laughs) It's actually because of them. They're not likeable. They are narcissists. I think this is very appropriate. Yep. And I love that this line exists, given the criticism. Yeah. James Corden was insultingly misguided. His casting was embarrassingly offensive. Yeah. And that is a line that they're saying about Barry being cast as FDR, which I actually haven't seen anyone comment on that yeah. line yet. And I'm sure people have I'm very already. surprised. Yeah, I've not seen a review given. But that's given so that funny. Like, you literally, if you wanted to write a review of this film and you want to comment on James Corden's casting, you can literally just quote yeah. the film. We also see a world first. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep experiences criticism for the first time in her career. Sure. Never before. 
And she says, well, that's just a personal attack. I know, and she cries. <laughs> it's, a, it's really weird to see a character that was supposed yeah. to find narcissistic immediately get actually upset yeah. when someone tells her she's not as great as she thinks she is. Yeah. So... Everyone leaves this party. And the person that they're left with... Yeah. I mean, personally, I would have cast Danny DeVito in this role, but... Mm-hmm. This is who Aquafina was supposed to be originally? Yes. And it's Kevin Chamberlain playing Sheldon, who is their producer. Did you tell me that Sheldon was amalgamated, another role was amalgamated into that role? Kind of. They've given him a lot of lines that weren't his lines yeah. in the stage show and sort of just... Because he doesn't have a whole lot to do. No, he doesn't. He and he has more around. to do in the stage okay. show. Sheldon says, it's not the show. It's you two. Mm-hmm. Perhaps with Eleanor having a different cast, maybe it would be a success. Yeah. But it's because it's quite a preachy musical. Mm. And we look at these two characters and we think, you don't give a damn anyway, so why should we take this message? Yeah, basically. They don't have a cause. Now, I think I might have my favourite joke that I have written. I'm going to peek on my second page of notes. Right. Hello, my name's Trent Oliver. And I would like to pour for you the most amazing drink. <laughs> I love, I love that he, when he appears. Because it really reminds me of that Chris Pratt movie where he's stuck in space. Never seen it, but the one with Jennifer Lawrence. And, and Michael up. Sheen is the bartender mm. and he looks the same. And he is just like stood there giving weird advice. Yeah. And it just kind of is shot with the same lighting too. It's just really weird. But also, if you went and sat down at a bar and Andrew Reynolds was serving you, you would just be absolutely thrilled. I would obviously. be. I would be. So they're not quite so thrilled. No, they're not. Because they remember him. Well, Dee Dee doesn't remember him, despite the fact they've worked together. On five shows. Yes. But Barry remembers him simply because he's always going on about Juilliard. Yeah. And I think that's a great running joke throughout mm-hmm. this show. Is that he went to Juilliard and it's the best thing that ever happened to him, obviously. There's a great line here where he talks about not having a job at the moment and feeling as adrift as he did in his days before Juilliard. Yeah, he (laughs) name drops Juilliard at least like two or three times within this like 30 second and Mm. Barry just looks, oh my God, oh my God, it's great. He's just like, I'm having a breakdown and you're talking to me about Juilliard. (laughs) I'm going to die. So he says that it's embarrassing that, you know, he's done Shakespeare mm-hmm. and he's more well known for his foray into the sitcom mm-hmm. Talk to the Hand. Which is obviously when he was uh, like 90s heartthrob teenager. I would so binge I would Talk to the Hand. I would 100% watch that show. I love the little faux trip he does and he's like... Yeah. Oh, I love, I love Andrew Rannells. Same. We meet Nicole Kidman. now. Who fosses her way into this scene. I never got the character's name. Angie. Angie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this right here, right now. I think she's criminally underused. Yeah. As is Trent. But I think Trent at least has more moments. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nicole Kidman could do so much more in this. And she's brilliant with what she has. But yeah. it's such a shame she doesn't get more. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you need her character for this Hmm. to be completely honest i feel like you could cut her character completely and have other people take on that role yeah which is a shame nicole kidman is fantastic in this Mm -hmm. she says i'm sorry your show closed on opening night again i think again is the funniest word in the english language i love the dress that she's wearing oh she's beautiful 
she just looks stunning in this. Who is it that calls her a milf? I think it's James, James Corden. Corden. Yeah. Barry calls her a milf, and we were sat watching this, and we were both like, "Oh, hundred percent, yeah." Nicole Kidman has been stuck in the chorus of Chicago for twenty years, mm-hmm. and she just wants to play Roxy. Yep, how appropriate, considering that she turned down the role of Roxy Hart. Yeah. Now, am I right in thinking this is still part of the stage show? Like, it's still Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. She has been in the chorus of Chicago for 20 years, according to the character. Yeah. And she's never been asked to play Roxy Hart because she's the third alternate. Yeah. Or fourth alternate. And it just never has. It's just never happened. So she's quit. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I think it comes a point in time we have to value your happiness and your self-respect more. But she quit because they stunt cast Ginger from Gilligan's Island. Yes. Yeah as roxy and she's like i'm done but they all make guesses as to who's going to be playing the role my favorite is chris jenner my favorite is Cher. (laughs) like do you know who they've got playing that role now and they're all guessing and Cher, Cher? chris jenner no so they get very very drunk and they start to realize that life is disappointing yeah no one told them life was going to be this way no their job's a joke. They're broke. Their love life is presumably DOA. Yeah. Especially for Nicole Kidman. It's like she's always stuck in second gear. And they realise that what they need to do is some kind of humanitarian effort. Yeah. To change the public perception of them. And they suggest famine. That's no, too big. It's too big. And they just want something small that, you know... They, something they can drive to. Something they can drive to. And obviously, as is the way for everyone in 2020 scrolling through what's trending on twitter will find you a cause and nicole mm-hmm. kidman finds emma's story this joke in the stage show is hilarious because as angie is scrolling through twitter yeah she's she says what's trending and yeah. she's scrolling she goes trump 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 and as every time she says trump the rest of the cast scream and it it's so funny i don't blame netflix for cutting that though oh, yeah, no, me because either. a in stage shows that's fine they're eternally there well and know. also that was 2018 exactly i know that avenue q obviously has george bush and i've seen versions where they change it to donald trump but mm. it will come a point where it you have to kind of choose when it's going to be as a film this will last forever they need to make a conscious decision I yeah. think they're clever to cut it. Mm, for sure, but it's still really The funny. other way I would do it on stage, instead of just doing Trump, 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 is make it topical and what actually is trending on the real life issues, maybe. Yeah, that was at the time. Yeah, oh, I know, yeah. So they find Emma's story and they find a video of the principal. Her teacher. Yeah, Keegan-Michael Kay wants to jingle-jangle his way to saving prom. Yeah, which super interestingly, when they watch that video, on the video, it Emma's says there. that he is the... The principal of Edgewater High School. Which is a different high school. Which for the rest of the film... It's James Madison. The high school is James Madison High School in Edgewater. Which means either somebody was like, we need to write this in, what's the high school called? Yeah. And they didn't realise, or... Is it the town of Edgewater in Indiana, though? Yeah. So maybe it's just... It's just a weird yeah. little goof. My favourite bit is the fact you see Emma in this video... Yeah. And clearly Mel Streep never watches the video because when we see her <laughs> in town, she goes to the wrong like. kid. But she does refer to herself as a modern day Eleanor Roosevelt. Yes. The principal of the school says 
some people are going to be really angry about this. And James Corden says, I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says that a some next thing you know, it's some modern day Eleanor Roosevelt is going to come marching down here. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's me. You know that. Well, you've not seen it, have you? But there's a bit in Book of Mormon whenever Elder Price has a good idea, he looks you on with a big smile and it's just like, bing. Yeah. She could have just done that. Or you could have just had Andrew Rannells do it. But, mm. you know. We go to the Changing Lives reprise. Yep. And they each sing lesbian. Yeah. Lesbian. Harmonise on the word lesbian. Lesbian. That is one of my favourite. That is one of my favourite vocal jokes. Yeah. And, and each time we get an E-M-M-A lights Instead up. of Eleanor, yeah. yeah. And I have to admit, lesbian and thespian is a great rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really good song. It's really offensive song. Hmm. But, but like at this point we're not supposed to like them no exactly that's why it works it's not offensive to the point of like wow this is problematic but like it shows how yeah it is problematic but it's supposed to make us mistrust these characters exactly it's it's problematic for a purpose to show kind of mm-hmm. the problem with a lot of these humanitarian efforts nowadays is like how genuine is it which is yeah. very cynical and i appreciate that i'm sounding cynical when i say that mm-hmm. It kind of comes back to that episode of Friends where Joey's adamant that there is no such thing as a selfless good deed. Yeah. Because you'll always get something out of it. Mm-hmm. We learn from Trent yeah. that Sondheim will write them the anthem they need because he was a big fan of Trent's Sweeney. Great name drop there, Trent. Great name drop. This is what I love about Trent's character is he just name drops everything, which yeah. is why James Gordon would have been great in that role. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew Randall just brings like a brilliant sense of like seriousness to it. Yep. Trent has also just booked a non-union, non-union tour of Godspell and the bus that they're on goes through Indiana so they can hop aboard. Hop aboard. And, and we'll just drive do- to Indiana. So they sing about how they're going to change their views. Mm-hmm. And there's a few weird lines. A few changed lines. Yes. <laughs> and apparently cousin loving is the better, safer work option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no it really is (laughs) no it really is i again though it just shows that they are just as much part of the problem at this point in time Mm -hmm. and i like it establishes how low these characters are yeah and how far they will go from here and Mm -hmm. it's important we cut to school and we establish that the cheerios hate emma yeah and they put a pair of lesbian teddy bears in In her locker. her locker Which shouldn't be as funny as it is. Like, obviously, it's a hate crime. Yeah. But I love those teddy bears. I think there's something about seeing children's toys in that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That just when you see them in a situation that isn't what you expect from it, it's kind of like... It's like Jarring and funny. Yeah. Yeah. But we meet the third cheerio, Alyssa Green. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of a moment there between her and uh, Emma. Mm Mm-hmm. A bit of a moment. I wonder what's going to happen with that one. Oh, who knows? Who knows? I have to say, perhaps the most challenging part. Now, obviously, you told me they recorded this. This isn't Les Mis where they are sit- singing live. Thank goodness. Could you imagine swim singing? Yeah. Jeez. So this song is called Just Breathe. Yeah. And Joellen Pelman is amazing. Mm. And I love her. Note to self, don't be gay in Indiana. Well, yeah. that song, so I listened to the soundtrack for this when it came out in 2018. 
and then didn't think anything of it. Then I saw clips, I guess 2019, and yeah. I listened to it again. And this song was one would have been my skip it song at the time. And from watching it, I love this song. Now. Yeah, but we've said this before that there are some songs that are great songs. I say to you, I really like this song. Yeah. But I don't think it can exist without the visuals. No, but this song, yeah. I think I could listen to now. No, I know, but I think fine. that's because sometimes once you can visualise it, you'll always see it in your, your mind's eye. Mm, that's true. I learned that people suck in Indiana, specifically the Swim Boys. Yeah. Who does that weird thing with his teeth that we watch twice and you're like... Ugh. Yeah, it literally makes my skin crawl. Yeah. He snaps his teeth at her with the worst line ever. The homophobic line is... Yeah, but so... Exchange what if she is man. an exchange student? Then why don't you like exchange her for a guy? Yes, because that's wow. how sexuality works. Original. They also play dodgeball wrong. Yeah, we were talking about this. I don't know what the rules of dodgeball Basically, are. Basically, I think it's a metaphor. This this scene that it's kind of like how everyone's ganging up on her. And she's trying to stand back and fight back, but she's just one person. Yeah. And even though she's playing fair, they'll constantly change the rules. But also, Shelby looks really upset when she hits her. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby's such an interesting character, and we'll get on to her. That is yes. the shorter of the two yeah. cheerleader girls. And she is so interesting to watch in the She's background the of every scene. Following Santana. Yeah. That actually, if she had someone nice to look up to, mm. she if would she be was a nice better person. friends with Alyssa, she'd be fine. Exactly. I do think this song is very Kathy in the last five years. Oh, yeah, you said that. Like, I think there are moments where it just feels very much like a song that Kathy would sing. You and you and nothing but you. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it's got yeah. similar beats. But I also feel very relieved that Ryan Murphy is the one directing this film at this point. Because mm. I feel like the set piece is very glee. It's so glee. And it works. Yeah. I, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else, like outside of Rob Marshall, I don't know if there's anyone else who could direct this show and have it blend reality and musical so well. Mm. who did chicago rob marshall there we go then (laughs) her teacher tom is awesome and he's on her side and he's pushing this is a civil rights issue ah so this is where this film differs to the stage show okay and a lot of people have made jokes about it and comments about it but in the stage show when she's told that this is going to become a civil rights issue she freaks out she's not happy she doesn't want to be in the spotlight in the same way she is later on in the film yeah she okay. does not want people looking at her she's already had a hard enough time of it because yeah. her parents kicked her out well she's we been burned twice hasn't she yeah she does not want a big deal made of any of this and she tells us this at this point in the stage show however the joke that everyone is making specifically about emma in the film version is that she smiles for this whole show except for one scene <laughs> Yeah, it feels very much like she's const- she's she's forever an optimist. Yeah. She lives by I this mantra, just that. breathe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. I think it makes the end of Act 1 even more powerful because that's the one time we see it that she can't mm-hmm. cope anymore. Whereas in the stage show, she's quite down the whole time. And that's quite a difficult thing to, I guess, get on board with because mm-hmm. there's someone trying to help her. And obviously, again, this might sound bad coming from me because it's not my experience. But I think from a storytelling perspective, if you have a character that's always... Eeyore, mm. we're never going to root for them the same way because even when things seem to be gaining momentum and they're still like it's not going to work you lose faith in them and i think it works better having her be 
happy, happy, happy. Oh, wow, this was horrible. I've got to build myself back up. Okay, I'm building back up slowly, slowly, slowly. Happy, happy, happy. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And she is a, just a little ray of sunshine. She is. And whole, she's so adorable as well. Like, I think yeah. the casting is great. Mm. The vibe, the costumes, the voice. She's she's perfect. Oh, as I Emma. think she's adorable. Yeah. And I want all of her clothes. Ironically, a Godspell tour bus sounds like hell. Mm-hmm. You're making me hate God. Like, stop singing. You're making me hate God. Meryl is only in this for the third Tony. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony. She's halfway there, nearly. Yeah. And then she comments on how they're political. Drew, did the Tonys award prom quite well? No, not really. Just interestingly, though, the year that the prom was at the Tonys, 2018, James Corden was the host and now he's in it. Interesting. Super interesting. But no, it was the same year as Hades Town, so it did not do yeah. well. Hades Town won 14 Tony Awards. So we learn that one of the defining traits of Dee Dee that is very much in the public eye is that she pulled a Bernadette Peters and a Patty Lapone and she went off on someone mid performance for their cell phone going off. Except which she feels out... was very justified, except it was her cell phone. And it was in her wig. Yes. But she didn't know that. Yeah. You really are doing a good job of like building up why these characters are just not likable at this point. Mm. And it works. You know, they're funny, but you're also like, oh my God, they're the worst. I love Meryl Streep's little asides though. Yes. I think they're really cute. And it's part of something that I love about her and everything is that she can do these little asides that Mm -hmm. are just super funny. So we go back to the PTA meeting and the state's attorney wants them to hold an inclusive prom. Yes. And I turn to you and I say, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Is Alyssa's mum the head of the PTA? Yes, she is. So Mrs. Green is Kerry Washington's character. She is Alyssa's mum. Yep. And Alyssa is the head of the student council. Yes. We learn that this isn't America. This is Indiana. That's a great line. It is a great line. And, you know, head teacher Tom is like, we're still in America, guys. Which means we all get a say. And he tries and to give people say. he does the sayings. worst thing he possibly could have done. He, he hands the mic to parents. And we get, you know, bigoted parents. My child won't be going to a homosexual prom. Yeah. And, and he, it's clear just... to me that the kids have learnt this behaviour from their parents. Oh, 100%. Poor, poor Alyssa. Yeah, well, I honestly, I actually think, given the transformation a lot of these characters go through, the children as well, mm. these poor kids. Yeah, oh, 100%. All of these kids are horrible because of their parents. But specifically Alyssa, having, yeah. to, having to listen to this kind of rhetoric coming from your own mum. Yeah. Knowing that she is basically talking about you. Yeah. I know, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's no wonder she is struggling to keep her promise to Emma. Mm-hmm. We'll get on to that. Yeah. So Alyssa is the head of student council and she shares their view that prom should go on. Yeah. She says, we want prom like everybody else. And her mum instantly jumps in and is like, no, no, honey, you can't comment on this. Yeah. Because when does her mum let anybody else speak? Yes. We got our next song, which is It's Not About Me. Put in brackets. Kind of is though. Oh my God. This entrance is incredible. The lighting. I love 
I'm, I'll say this now. All of the songs that are sung by the Broadway characters, they get Broadway lighting. Yeah. And it's incredible. Oh, yeah, but again... Whoever's decision that was. It's very much like Ryan Murphy Ingley, mm-hmm. like the transformation. You know, like there's the joke that Britney's like, usually just spin and it happens. Yeah. It is, it's very Glee in that sense. Like I'd imagine if they ever did like a Glee movie, this is what it would look like. Yeah, but the fact that it is just the Broadway characters yes. get Broadway lighting is so great. Yeah. And it just she's got and we establish in this scene as well that it's the godspell kids doing the lighting yeah but that meryl streep shows up with her fedora and her Mm -hmm. cape and everything she stood there at the back and the principal just stands there and is like oh my god he's so in awe of her it's dd allen yeah this would be like like. andrew rannell showing up at our school yeah it's it's interesting because like it shows that her name has clout Mm -hmm. she is known it's not just a case of she thinks she's as known as she is Mm -hmm. which is really really good which they commented on in changing lives is that people kowtow to the folks in the biz they do make it instantly worse though they show up 100 immediately worse yeah (laughs) i get there's a great line here i wrote down i read three quarters of a news story and knew i had to come yep and she walks up to a girl (laughs) who is not emma who instantly is like no 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 which you know just goes to show doesn't it really Mm -hmm. but tom is fanboying but whilst also trying to like control the interruption yeah and we get some great lines here uh equality should be this country's norm Mm -hmm. it's a really good song and she's making some really good points but she's like but it's it's not about me yeah it's not about me i just love andrew rannells and james corden back up flamenco dancing yeah doing the clapping as well mm-hmm. with Kerry Washington and Keegan Michael Key it's going what is happening what is happening yeah <laughs> because that would be your response you'd just be like I'm so confused right now yeah because this is diegetic they showed up and they sang oh yeah 100% mm-hmm. it's it is there's some interesting signs mm-hmm. I didn't write them down but they were quite <laughs> dark humid signs yep and everyone goes to leave after this it's kind of made the situation worse and mrs green yeah says to her teacher tom strangers hurl insults at the parents and you let it happen what kind of school are you running yeah and i just kind of thought what like you hurling homophobic comments at children yeah she's obviously not no this is the the point they're making is that these these kind of bigots aren't self-aware enough to no exactly realize and we get a really nice moment between Tom and Dee Dee. Yeah, when well, he he's... says that he's a fan. Yeah, and she's like, you're not my usual demographic. Yeah, and he thinks it's because he's black. Yeah. And, and she's like, no, no, you're straight. Yeah. <laughs> Which... But he also does try and do the right thing. He's What I like is that he isn't seeing this as an opportunity for himself to kind of get promotion. No. This isn't like... He tells Will. them to back off. Yeah, because you very much feel a lot of the times like a Will Schuster would be doing this kind of because it raises the profile of what he's doing. Yeah. That it's kind of not done with the best interest. This is done This might be Emma. my favourite teacher in a musical. This because... might be one of my favourite teachers ever in any media. Yeah, because it's just really nice to see a character that is 100% just advocating for this child with no personal gain. Yeah, absolutely. And even now he's saying, 
you being here isn't actually helping. We're, we're really trying yeah. hard to get the right resolution. Just back here. off for a couple of days yeah. and then we'll talk about it later. I've got a prediction. Are they going to end up together? We Who's shall to see. We get dance with you and we finally learn that Alyssa Green mm-hmm. did share a moment with Emma because they are dating. Yeah. For some reason, they've cut the best verse of this song, which the verse that they've cut is the point of this yeah. whole show, which is it's essentially saying two people dancing together, nothing more, or nothing less. Mm. Why is anyone scared of that? Yeah. It's not us kissing it's not us doing anything just, just dancing dance, yeah and they cut it and i don't understand because <laughs> it's that's the point yeah this is also a very ryan murphy sequence because it goes from real to staged because they have yeah, like, like these the really... cherry trees very cool yeah and it's kind of like i like the idea that's in their brains that just where they are Rose they can exist glasses. wherever they want yeah. yeah now this is the thing though at this point in the film they end like on the steps and we see Alyssa's mum pull forward with the car. Now we know it has to be Alyssa's mum because dad's not in the picture. There's a line later on. Mm-hmm. So do you really think Alyssa is going to be allowed or will allow herself to be seen in public by her mum with Emma? No. However, I think because they've, they've just come from this meeting, what her mother is going to think is that because Alyssa is the head of the student council, Maybe she's Emma's approached her. Yeah. She's not going to think Alyssa's talking to this girl. Possibly. Dee Dee, I love this. It's such a funny sequence here. So they go to check into the hotel mm. and they learn mm. that there are no sweets. So Dee Dee tries by taking out one of her Tonys. Does mm. this change your mind? It doesn't. So she tries to get her second Tony. And it doesn't change her mind. That's because they can't. There's nothing to change. No. And then in comes Barry. And he drops his drama. His drama desk award. And Dee Dee just looks at him like. She that's... She's like, what is that? And he goes, you know full well what that is. Yeah. Trent is the only recognisable character. Hilarious. Because he's like, oh my God. You're from Speak guy. to the Hand. Yeah. I love it. And he then. Which just that. I'm just going to say now. If I had two Tony Awards, I would carry them around. Oh yeah. Me. 100%. Because I'd like to take photo ops with people. Like, if people show up, they're like, oh, my God. Hey, your do you Tony want to hold Award. my Tony Award? Yeah, like, do you want to have a picture where you hold my Tony Award? You know? I'll, I'll film you doing an acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sat in the lobby, and it turns out that Trent hasn't been able to get the anthem song by Sondheim. Because, actually, Sondheim is the opposite of a fan of Trent Sweeney. Mm, who does not like Trent Sweeney Todd. So Trent has written us a song. And it's awful. And their protest is at a monster truck stunt show. Yes, and Sheldon instantly <sighs> goes and hides because he is immediately aware of how stupid that is. Now, also, they've replaced Truckosaurus. They're getting booed before... Before they do anything. Before they do yeah. anything. The acceptance song is brilliant. Like, this is just, I believe. Yeah. This is... Andrew Rannells singing to his Can strengths. Can you not picture Christopher Cyber singing this, though? How great oh, would yeah. that be? Absolutely. I love that he's like, now, ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce two-time Tony Award winning actress, Dee Dee. And then just cuts them back and they're all like, I have never been so humiliated. Do you know how long this song actually is? How long? Is that a lot Three longer? minutes, 22 seconds. I liked the way this was cut, mm. but I, I gave this song three out of five. I don't often say, like, what I give individual songs. Yeah. 
the reason being wasn't long enough to constitute a song, but I would love to hear more of this song, especially by Andrew Rannells. Yeah. I wonder if there's a Netflix recording of it that maybe is longer. There is. There's the the Netflix prom album. It has the full songs. Good, right? But so will it have the full acceptance yeah, song? Yeah, three before minute it gets twenty two version. Of I this will song. be checking that out. It's not my skip song. It's not my best song, but it might be my best song once I listen to that. I think I know where your skip song is. We'll talk about it. Prom is back on. Yeah. And we we get a really nice moment. We're like, we did it. <laughs> and, we literally and did nothing. The principal's like, well, no you didn't the lawyer did it yeah. and emma's like no no maybe you did because you scared so nice. people <laughs> she's too nice and guess what day it is it's promposal day yes well <laughs> not before barry already starts to shed a little bit of his facade and he wants to address emma for prom her so at this point in the movie he's like what are you gonna wear and she says she wants to wear vintage tux yeah. with high tops yeah iconic obviously mm-hmm. and barry's like oh no no you can't wear that but he's already starting to become more like a human yeah and i really like the way their relationship is like yeah he it's kind of sibling-esque like, already which is really nice pocket. yeah and they've not had much screen time at this point but i think you're already starting to see the hints that for barry this story hits home mm, more than more, for dd yeah more than for dd I like that he has no idea what Kmart is. Hilarious. And we do here learn that when Emma came out, her parents threw her out. Yeah, and for Dee Dee, this is like a moment where she realises that actually this is somebody's real life yeah, it prompts that they're playing with. And she's... This is one of two brilliant reactions that I think Dee Dee has in this yeah. show, which this one is... She's a child... Mm. who whose parents just threw her out yeah and Didi's like what i just think it hasn't occurred to Didi that somebody's parents would throw them out yeah. she hasn't heard of this before yeah we get a really nice running joke here where they're gonna go on a date <laughs> but he has Didi, to ask her and he invites her to apples and bees applebee's and then we get you happened i personally really like this song i love the dance sequence in it because a lot of the choreography in the film is the choreography from the stage show that's very cool. and i appreciate that and i love the setting and that they're in the corridors causing a nuisance and that you can see yeah. teachers in the background getting really irritated yeah. i just this whole sequence I, I think it's great. I enjoy this. It's okay. a nice upbeat interlude. So what I think is interesting is that the popular kids' songs are tonally different to Emma's. They mm-hmm. clearly live in two different worlds. Yes. However, this is why I don't think I'm going to like High School Musical. Because this is what I think High School Musical basically is. I don't know why you think that. We'll get there, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, but we're going to watch it with a guest. To too, me, so. High School Musical is just like these big numbers and to to me this scene just came across as privileged the musical that's the point yeah but i didn't like this song because i don't care about these characters i don't think the other teenagers get any depth in this show Mm. and i think that's an issue yeah and this is an issue i had specifically with Alyssa too is that we don't have time no we don't and Alyssa at least gets something and you her Mm. song is all the depth I need for her. Like, yeah. At that but, point, it's everything I needed. 
but they made the decision with making this film to not cut any songs yes so this is exactly the same soundtrack as the stage show mm -hmm. except they cut songs to be shorter yes including this one which and... i'm okay with because i wasn't a fan yeah i know but <laughs> the way that this song ends it's supposed to feel more fun than this because this song takes place behind the breaches again which is where they meet and we set that yeah. up that's where they meet all the time yeah and they dance together underneath the bleachers because all the promposals are happening on the football pitch. Now, am I right in thinking that they're actually on the bleachers this time within the, the gym? Yeah, except they're, they're inside the gym, which isn't hidden. spotted by Shelby Cheerios. and Kaylee. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even remember their names. I know I've just sang a song with their names, yeah. but I couldn't remember them. Kaylee is the tall blonde one, yeah. and Shelby's the shorter cool. one. They do reference a love bomb. That sounds kind of messy. It's like a love bomb went off, yeah. All the proposals. Yeah. I wrote here, and I, I, I kind of want to rescind what I wrote, that Emma's a bad girlfriend. She isn't. And I think the story becomes clearer. However, I think Emma is sometimes guilty of not looking out for Alyssa the way Alyssa needs. No. That, especially given what's happened to Emma, mm. I can fully appreciate that Emma why she needs Alyssa to come out mm -hmm. because it's like I should be enough for you we're doing this together and mm -hmm. I will always be there for you and her whole point is that I agree with you by the way yeah but her whole thing is that you know when she came out she was being true to herself and honest about her life and that there's still this part of her that she has to hide by yeah. being with Alyssa that must be really hard because yeah. she lost her parents mm -hmm. over this already and she still has to keep a secret. Yeah. Like that must be and it, very, this very is, difficult. It must be, but however, especially considering what she has been through, you would think she would be a lot more supportive in saying to Alyssa, it's fine, don't rush it. And understanding why Alyssa is so scared. Yeah. And there are times when she does this and I feel bad for even suggesting she was a bad girlfriend because she's not. Hmm. she needs Alyssa to be true because it helps her like you she say she needs to date somebody who is also out and I know that she doesn't well, have a choice really exactly here, but... and especially at this age of these characters that's not always an option no but she does come across very insensitive towards Alyssa it's kind of like well do it or we're not together yeah. and there are times where it's just kind of like this isn't a good relationship for either one of you because you both no. want different things and you're not being the person it's your partner needs. It's such a difficult needs. situation for them. It, but it is. And again... And it, the film makes it very clear and I think they did a good job with that. They really did. I think I write it from my experience of heterosexuality. That, you know, it should be easy. And getting myself empathetically into both Alyssa and Emma's, hmm. it's not as easy. Mm -hmm. And actually it doesn't make either one of them a bad partner. It maybe means they're incompatible. Yeah. But I think it's a very interesting thing to touch upon. Mm -hmm. it, it adds a needed depth to both of them because Emma's too optimistic otherwise. Mm -hmm. She needs a human voice. And this does give her a human voice. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. I think mm -hmm. that's interesting. About the She's flawed as well. I like that in a hero who is flawed. Yeah. The stage show version of Alyssa is definitely more of a dork. Yeah. She's still all of the things that are expected of her. And she still dresses the way her mother expects of her. But when she's with Emma, yeah. you can see that her personality is different. She's more true to herself. Yeah. Whereas I don't think you get that in this no. version. 
Especially because they're sat on the bleachers in the middle of a public yeah, they room. Should, yeah, it, it, it takes away that element. They should be hidden more because they're they're caught. Yeah, they're seen. Shelby and, the, and I keep wanting to merge their names into one yeah, name. They're seen. Kaylee and Shelby see know, them. Which the whole point in the stage show is the they're hidden. They're yeah. behind the bleachers, and the only reason they're seen there is because. Shelby and Kaylee are at the top of the bleachers. And they overhear it. Yeah. Cool. I like that more. I like it as opposed to staring in and seeing it. That's very interesting. Yeah, because I feel like I would notice if yeah. somebody was stood at the door, whereas they're above them. Yeah. You're not going to notice that they're no, there. No, I, I agree. We are now in Apples and Bees. <laughs> yeah. Apples and Bees is great. Before they have their date, mm -hmm. in comes the PTA. Ugh. And Miss Green says that you need to understand our values. Oh, she's horrible. Oh, I wrote she's here, so awful. I wrote here... Your values aren't worth jack if they condone bullying or persecution. Yeah, which is so interesting that she, like she seems to think that she's the one being persecuted. Yeah, here. it's like you're aware that you're talking about a child, right? Yeah, like because that's what it comes down to. It like nothing else really matters, but like you are an adult bullying, taking away the rights of a child. Yeah, yeah, and it, it definitely suck. Is, yeah, it really is like. You, it's so easy to hate her. Oh, she's so she's such. Kerry Washington is a phenomenal actress. She is anyway. absolutely. But, oh god, anyone that can make me hate them that much. Yeah, no. I, she I, makes my teeth hurt. Yeah. Like, I like this line that Dee Dee delivers. <laughs> I've never said this before. Tell me about you. That is an incredible line, and Meryl Streep delivering that line yeah. is great. So we go into. We look to you. We look to you. I'm single. Just putting it out there. Mm. This feels very genuine that Dee Dee is infatuated by him. Like, do you know what I mean? This feels like a very genuine moment between them. And obviously, Mel Streep is a phenomenal actress, but it yeah. feels like we're watching a documentary. Like, that, that it just comes is, across so perfect. Mm. It. She obviously, because we know that she's divorced yes. already. She obviously hasn't had a man who would have romantic intentions towards her pay her this much attention yeah. in a while and he is obviously like devoted to her he's <sighs> worshipping her well this is interesting because it is celebrity culture of like what would you do if this celebrity popped into your life and everyone's always like oh yeah like I would fall in love with them you probably wouldn't even have the courage to talk to them no and I like this dynamic between them we do learn this is one of my favourite lines we learn that Dee Dee is just a small town girl <laughs> living in a lonely world. Yeah, so we learn that Dee Dee invented her persona yes. of Dee Dee Allen. She's she's a normal person. She grew up in a normal small town, and that all everything that she is now, she worked for and she yeah. created. Which would you would think would mean that she would retain some humanity. Yeah. But she she wants to give up, but he needs her to do what she does. Mm -hmm. And I love it that theatre people are writing a song about why fans need theatre. Yeah. This is a nice song. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I have a problem, just like Tom, I break into song. Yeah. And nobody questions why. And it becomes escapism, the musical. Mm -hmm. We learn that she is in a performance uh, called Swallow to the Moon. Swallow the Moon, yes. Swallow the Moon. Does she moo in it? No. That's a shame. No, but we learn that it's a show about a failing circus performer and that 
there is a song in the show called The Ladies Improving where she sings about how the circus ringleader needs to give her yeah. one more chance. I would love to watch this yeah. show. What is this? This is like? a really nice number and I like actually seeing him in the audience. It's a really, really good one. Mm-hmm. We're now at Emma's grandmother's. We learn that she has taken over looking after her. Yep, that's her mum now. Like, Yep. And yeah, Barry is getting toned down and he's a lot mm-hmm. better. He's out of the glitzy, glittery tops. He's just normal looking. Yep, he's wearing a cardigan. Yeah, and it's a lot better now. Yeah. He's, and he's, he tells uh, Grandma... He wishes he could adopt her. Yeah, basically, yeah. because when his parents... Well, when he left, when he was 16, yeah. he had literally nobody. Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, so she she asks if he was kicked out and he says he left before they could do that because we find out later that his parents tried to send him to conversion therapy. Yeah. And it's a much needed humanising yeah. touch for this character. Mm-hmm. And it does make it clear why he became such a stereotype because it's a big F you to his parents. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I like the fact that when we get to see real Barry, he is not this offensive stereotype. Yeah. And he's a human. Mm-hmm. Tonight belongs to you. Prom tonight. Prom tonight. This is a great song. Yeah. Life's no dress rehearsal. Yeah, I used to play this song. I've heard you play this a lot. Yeah. This is like This is my like get pumped song. Yeah, this reminds me of Once More a Feeling. Life's a show and we all play our part. But like less depressing. Yeah, less depressing. Right. This is a song of two halves. This is Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. When it is James Corden and Emma, I like it. Yeah. I don't like it. later on when it becomes all the popular kids and mm-hmm. all I don't need that. I think that's supposed to show the difference though. Yeah, but I don't because care it's juxtaposition about those characters whatsoever because they haven't had any real detail or depth. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to cut to them. Here's my question for you at this point. Did you start wondering where they were? No. Because obviously going into watching the film, I watched the film knowing a lot of the plot and knowing what is about to happen and when I watched the movie, I was like, wow, this is clearly not the school gym. I, I had no idea. No idea. I yeah. really didn't. Okay. Which made it even more heartbreaking oh, when yeah. I finally realised. Yeah, yeah. And kudos to them. That's why this song needs to have those characters there. Yeah. The problem was when the voices changed to characters I didn't care, I turned off mm-hmm. from the song, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I thought it was a really nice human moment between Barry and Emma. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. I, I thought it was really sweet. So the second the song changed. Yeah. And I don't think it would have that impact on me on the stage, interestingly enough, because you'd probably have like a cross cut stage that showed Barry. They they dance back and forth. Yeah. So what happens is Barry and Emma are at the front and then they move backwards and all the kids in their costumes come forwards. Yes. Yeah. Which is how I would have visualised it anyway, which is great. And then they swap again. Yeah. And, it's and I really feel like nice. I could get into that more. I don't think it works on on film. Yeah, it's a bit jarring. Yeah. So we they learn... got her a dress yep. that she didn't want to wear, but okay. Is it too girly? It's just the right amount of girly. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I like her necklace, though. I liked her necklace. Mm. Villain Cheerio is planning to get Emma. What goes around comes around, yeah. What goes around comes around. 
she has literally no character other than the fact she's blonde, tall, and leggy. Like, it, it, she's just. Popular. I don't think there's a lot more to her in the show. Yeah. She's just the product of what her parents have no, made. No, exactly. Her. But she's just popular girl, generic mm-hmm. stereotype of a popular girl. Mm-hmm. I, all those limos leaving as well. Like again, great shot. Oh, gorgeous shot. Gorgeous shot, but gross. Just shows their privilege. Yeah, that's like, the no, point. Yeah, I know, and it makes me hate these characters so much. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I just don't care. Like seeing them celebrate just was like, whatever. So we arrive at the school because the prom is being held in the school yes. gym. And when they get there, Trent, Angie and Dee Dee are already here. We do have an important point before that, though, mm. is we are in Alyssa's kitchen. Oh, in her room. Yeah. And Alyssa tries to come out to her mum. Yes. Ma- her about mom... what's going to happen tonight, mum. And her mum says, don't ruin my big night. Yeah. Again, like. Oh, Kerry Washington singing too. Really yeah. nice. Yeah, and I just want to touch on that because it's a small moment, but so important mm-hmm. in villainizing Mrs. Green. Yeah. The fact that this is all about her, not her daughter's rites of passage. Yeah. I've worked too hard for this. Don't ruin it now. Yeah. Calm down. So yeah, like you say, we go back and yeah. everyone's at the school gym. Mm-hmm. And they're all outside the school gym. Emma arrives with Barry. Everyone's there and Dee Dee's taking pictures like an overbearing mother and she takes pictures of her in her dress. She's like, no, no, it's just the right amount of girly. You look amazing. They're having the correct responses to prom. No, they are. And it actually feels very human. It doesn't feel forced. It's so cute. It's not like a big press moment for them. Mm -hmm. It's actually a very private moment, which Mm -hmm. I like. And as they go in, Emma asks Barry to walk her in because she's nervous. She says that she's meeting her girlfriend inside the, the hall. Fine. We're all going to walk her in. And as they walk past Dee Dee, Dee Dee turns around to take shots of them walking into the prom. Yeah. And then she turns and has this look at the car park and where she realises that there's something wrong here. Because looking at this scene, the only car in the car park is Emma's car. Yeah. 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 And And we learn that they change the location of the prom. They, yeah, the PTA funded a second prom for everyone else to go to and that this is emma's inclusive prom Mm -hmm. and they put a sign up on the wall that says that and not only that but they convinced the entire student body to not to lie to her because she says she got texts from other students that said it was there but also convinced the entire student body to not let Alyssa in on it Mm mm-hmm and she rings Alyssa, heartbroken, and says, come here now, I need you. And Alyssa says, no, I can't do that. My mum's here, I can't mm-hmm. do that. Yep. And this is why it works, that we've had optimistic Emma throughout, and now we just don't. Yeah. The most heartbreaking thing, she says, when she's on the phone to Alyssa, she says, yeah, have fun at the normal person prom. And Alyssa's like, that's not fair. And, and she hangs up on her. Yeah. And we get the tonight reprise, and this is a great end of act one. Yeah. And... Yeah, Barry says, come on, let's just go to prom. But Emma wants no more help. She mm-hmm. can't face any more embarrassment. No, she can't do this anymore. And head teacher Tom learns that Dee Dee came for publicity and you can see he's heartbroken. Yeah, so this is my second reaction that Dee Dee has. So the first one is finding out that Emma was kicked out when she was 16. This one is Sheldon saying, oh, this is a PR nightmare. And Dee Dee's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's forgotten why they're there, which is great. They just planned this to humiliate this child yeah. 
What are you talking about PR nightmare? So I do wonder why Tom gets so angry because he can see that even if that was their intention when they came here, she's clearly already learned. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Tom's reaction to He feels heartbreak. betrayed. He does feel betrayed, but at the same time, at least he can see that being here has had an impact. So mm. I, I but nobody, nobody even acknowledges that Meryl Streep is yeah. completely heartbroken for her. And it's like the most human moment we've had from her mm-hmm. right at this point. Oh, it's awful. And Angie goes after Emma. Yeah. We bookend the start of the film with the middle of the film brilliantly because we start with Alyssa's mum trying to defend her actions. We did it for Emma's safety. Press, yeah. Nicole Kidman, I'd forgotten about her, to be honest, at this point. I, yeah. it, it sounds harsh. I really had forgotten about no, it's her. That's true. She point. has. She really hasn't had anything to do. Um, she comforts Emma. They bring Hagen Das. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now I'm starting to feel like Barry and everyone are doing this because they actually care. Mm-hmm. They have a plot to go on a big national TV show and tell this story and they want to use Dee Dee's ex yeah. but they can't because he will ask for the Hamptons house Yeah, we learn why are you still here Trent? Well our tour got cancelled because apparently the naval base at Guantanamo Bay doesn't want Godspell there. I'm not surprised. Weird. I don't want Godspell anywhere. It's I don't a weird, like Godspell. It's, a weird joke. it's funny that we've had two shows kind of criticising Godspell this and the guy who didn't like musicals yeah. I think this might be your favourite song. If I had to guess. Oh, sure. I feel like you're going to tell me that Zaz might be your best song. Maybe. This is such a good song. She gives, I love Bob Fosse. Yeah. <laughs> this is hilarious. She gives us some of the Fosse razzle-dazzle. Mm-hmm. And this song feels like a Chicago number. Yeah. It's a mix of the song All That Jazz, obviously, and then Roxy. And... Both of those songs together makes Zaz. And this song is so great. And her telling the story about the third understudy going on for Roxy Hart. She's like, and that girl was you. And she's like, no, No, how how old old do you think think I I am? am? Amazing. And she she gives the message, if you're scared, give it some Zaz. Mm -hmm. If your hands are shaking, turn them into jazz hands. Yeah. Ask yourself, what would Bob Fosse do? Yeah. And this song again is the choreography from the stage show. That's very cool. Which is great. I love the little hand flap thing they do. Yep. Incredible. Emma Zaz is on display. Mm -hmm. She nails it. In this scene, in the stage show, obviously in the film, she's wearing like trackies and or sweatpants, whatever you want to call them, and a t-shirt. In the stage show, she's wearing a cat onesie. Cool. And when she sat down, it's just like a black onesie. And then when she stands up, there's a tail on it. And the audience loses their minds every single time. It's so funny. So she does this whole dance in a cat onesie. Yeah. I liked it. It's all that zazz. Mm -hmm. This is so great. Yeah. Rom-Com Friday is sacred. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the hotel room, Barry and Dee Dee are watching a rom-com. They're watching My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah. Love that film. Compared to where they have been at the start of the film and where they are now, they are now real people. Mm. Very They've been really affected by They that. are stripped of their makeup, of their glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. Their journey has been the highlight of this show for me. That is something that a lot of people commented on yeah. in the making of this film, is that somehow they turned a, a movie that was about teenage lesbians in their relationship and how they came out to their parents and how that affected their lives into the Barry and Dee Dee story. See, I do think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. 
that because it feels... for some reason they're the main characters. Yes, yeah. it does. Is that how it comes across in the show? No. It's very interesting that for me this is the highlight. They're obviously important. No, I know they are, but it does feel wrong to me mm-hmm. that kind of we're watching the backdrop of this teen coming out story yeah. through them, and that's not right. Dee Dee's mad at herself for believing her ex's lies for so long. Mm-hmm. He has a TV show and she still has to send him money. Yeah, she he, pays for everything. He even says live on air, don't sign a prenup. Yeah, because when they got divorced, she gave him half of her money just yeah. to get rid of him. I like that we never see him. Oh, yeah, I have no interest in seeing yeah. him. And Who would you have cast him as? James Corden. <laughs> Just also James Corden, but dressed differently. In that kind of Colin Firth does, you know, Mr. Darcy and Colin Firth in Bridget Jones' Age of Reason. Sure. I wrote the line, he squishes her delicate blueberry heart, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> so she was talking about how he, her ex-husband... Squished when her they, delicate blueberry heart. <laughs> yeah, but when they fell in love, because she, she was sort of this little yeah. girl from nowhere. Mm. And so her heart was a blueberry. Yeah. And that it was, and now she doesn't have a heart. And Barry's like, "You need to find someone and let him squish your little blueberry yeah. heart." Adorable. They kiss in this scene as well. They do because Meryl Streep jumps him. Yeah, they've got a really nice relationship. Yeah. Like you feel like they're not just knowing each other because they've mm. been in. Um, no, they're like Eleanor siblings. Together. Yeah, yeah, like they've worked together a lot. Mm. We learn that Barry's from Ohio. And actually, he doesn't have that high opinion of himself. He reveals he knows he's a 6.5. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing more vulnerability. Do I only go for 10s when I know I'm, at heart I'm a 6.5? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. It becomes clear at this point, though, that he's projecting his desire to change onto Emma because he had it tough. And it's very much case He of, wants her to have the life he didn't get. But it's also, he's not necessarily... He, he's still... He's starting to do it more for her. Mm. But he's still very much like... It's almost that living vicariously thing. It's like, if I... If I make it right for her, everything will be all right for me. And it's not the way it should be done. He needs to come to terms with his own issues to be yeah. able to truly help her. Tom is no longer interested in Dee Dee because she was an opportunist. Mm-hmm. And he says he'd rather be with Dolores, even if she's fictitious. Yeah. And Which, that's the character she played in Swallow the Moon. Yes. And we now get her reprising that star-making number. The ladies improving. What was your favourite thing about this song? The fact that the office doors can never be closed. <laughs> yep. He has... These sliding doors. Frosted glass sliding doors along the wall of his office that you can't ever close because when they're all in the right place, there is always a gap. Yes. And she moves it a couple of times and then it's we slide... Great. And then they will slide into each other yeah. as well, which is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I was a little disappointed because we kept going back and forth between her on stage with like her backup dancers. Yeah, what he's seeing. Yeah. And then into the office. And in the office is just her and Tom. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the troubled teens on the outside to just suddenly be her backup dancers mm-hmm. there as well. And I'm Yeah, just... there's four boys sat who are obviously in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they should have just become her backup dancers. Yeah. Would have been now, great. What I love here about Tom's character is he's respectful because he kind of tells the teens off for objectifying Dee Dee. <laughs> you can go. But also the fact that they clearly respect him as well. Like, Yeah, he's a really well-respected head teacher. He's, he's perhaps the best teacher I've ever seen in media. Mm-hmm. I really, really like his character. Yeah, We never see him do any teaching. <laughs> no. 
No, I mean, he also leaves the work day, which, like, maybe he's not as good a teacher as... Oh, my favourite thing about this song is that as soon as she's done, she's like, that's your apology. Do you know how much money people would pay to see me sing that? And I did it for free. And he's like, you can't charge money for an apology. And yet... You can't. We live in a world with cameo. Yeah, basically. You can charge people for an apology. apology. So... She says she needs help learning to be better. Convenient that Tom is a teacher. And she says, maybe you could teach me at some apples and bees. Yes, take me for apples and bees. And then he just leaves during a school day. Yeah. I'm going to assume it's like 4.30 and he's just still there and those boys were in detention. Possibly. Alyssa Green. So we go to the outside cafeteria thing. And Alyssa has obviously asked Emma to meet her here. And Emma is rightfully angry right now. Yeah, she says the very worst part of the inclusive prom prank mm-hmm. all of that was that Alyssa wasn't there was that she called her and she could hear how upset she was and she didn't come this is the thing as well so Alyssa at this point shows that she's a flawed human mm-hmm. because she says that having a pushy mum is the worst thing and you can't imagine that Essentially, <laughs> Emma's just sat here like I don't have a mum well, anymore so this is it so in Alyssa's Alyssa's perspective is a pushy mum is worse than a mum who doesn't care and that's kind of her flaw is the fact that she's not empathising with the situation. Mm. They're not communicating. They're not on the same page. No. And again, I'm not criticising the character because it is all so relative, isn't it? Like for her perspective, this is the worst because she can't be true because of a pushy mum. Yeah. What they both need to realise is actually, yeah, having a pushy mum like this sucks. So does having a mum who doesn't care. A mum who just literally no longer yeah. loves you. It is, from both of their perspectives, very difficult. They're not communicating. Mm. She just wants her own life, and that includes Emma. Yes. But Emma breaks up with her. And I like that Emma's the one that breaks up with her. Yeah. Because when we're watching this, I thought Alyssa was the one who was going to break up. Mm. I thought it was going to be Alyssa saying, you need to stop pressuring me. Yeah. You're not supporting me. I like that it was Emma that made that choice. Yes. And I love the tiny little it's not a reprise because it's not separated enough yeah. but just the little ending part of her song Alyssa Green where it goes from singing you're not yourself you're not what she wants or something in between yeah. singing about her mum to that line being about Emma yeah and her realizing that actually the way that she is right now she's never going to be happy yeah which is awful <laughs> Teenagers should not have to deal with these no, problems. I know, I know. But hopefully, media like the prom will make it easier for teenagers. Because this problem's never going to go away, unfortunately. I can dream. We, we can all dream. I know that... I, th- I feel like, as a generation, when we have kids, mm. there, will, there will still be this kind of conflict. Yeah. But I feel like... The people from this generation who are going to be having kids are far more aware of the impact and will be far more supportive. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. We go to my favourite song of of this show. Yeah, so neighbor. the last time we saw Trent, he told Barry and Dee Dee and Angie that he was going to go out and talk to the youths. Yes, he's going to become community outreach worker yeah basically and he finds them in the mall cafeteria we we find out that because they haven't learnt drama they haven't learnt empathy 
Yeah, this is one of my favourite running jokes, is that he's like... There's no drama teacher, there's no drama We don't have a drama teacher, and he's like, well, that explains your general lack of empathy. It made me <laughs> feel very really important. <laughs> Incredible. And he says to them, why do you hate gay people? We're not bad people. We go to church. Yeah. And this song is perfectly timed, and I think actually... Mm-hmm. He basically has said to these... You literally cannot cherry-pick the Bible. No, this is it. He's saying, it's like, listen, you can't say this is wrong mm-hmm. and then do all this other stuff. If you are going to follow the Bible... Yeah. What you, you claim... You follow all of it. Mm-hmm. It's not a case if you cherry-pick what you want. I but... love the bits that he chooses to pick on. Oh, yeah. So, Kaylee has a tattoo, so she's spending eternity in hell. Shelby has lost her virginity. He doesn't say has. He says you might have if you have. If you have. And she sort of looks really guilty over Which it. I like that he's not making that assumption. He's simply mm. saying if you do this. Then her and her family will have to be stoned to death. Whatever Kaylee's boyfriend is called. I never caught his name. Yep. Blonde boy. His parents are divorced. Yep. And it's his stepdad. Yep. So it's the mum will have to be killed. And he says how's tomorrow if she doesn't have any plans. Yeah. And then the last boy, which is uh, Shelby's boyfriend. Let's have you hope, masturbated? Let's hope you don't masturbate because we'll have to cut off your hands. We have to cut off your... Hands. <laughs> I just... And you or know we could use some common sense yeah. instead. The most important one is Love My Neighbour. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really good, fun song. It's funny, but it's also very serious. Yeah. He's, I... he's got a completely accurate point. And I feel like this song is very Book of Mormon as well. Mm-hmm. Like, but And I don't know if that's just me projecting Andrew Rannells onto it, because obviously <laughs> that's a role he popularised. But it does feel, I could see this in Book of Mormon. This is him preaching as Elder Price. Yeah. Love thy neighbour trumps them all. Yep. The Godspell kids show yeah. up to back him up with tambourines. And do you know what? He does make sense. Yeah. Shelby says to him, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah. Kaylee used to be friends with Emma. They used yeah. to be best friends. And that was until she turned gay. And then they say, but maybe she was always gay and doesn't come. <laughs> yes, Shelby, yeah. because that's the way God made yeah. her. <laughs> this is what I like is it's not Andrew Rannell saying, well, maybe she was always gay. No, it's, it's actually the kids. the kids start realizing and they mm. get it. By gosh, they get it. And do you know what? Yeah. I really appreciate that the actress who plays Shelby has been looking uncomfortable this whole yeah. time every time they've done something horrible yeah, so she's looked a bit, I liked a bit more great with it. between the pair of them like just kind of flesh out mm-hmm. their kind of sub-villain characters yeah because like it's nice that they had this redemption but i'd like to know that actually maybe one of them needed the change more and the other one just needed to be her own person and stand up yeah and that feels like what shelby needed mm. like shelby seems really sweet and like she would have been on emma's side if she wasn't hanging around with kaylee yeah we go to the hotel lobby and it's okay because tom knows the plan and he's on board Dee mm-hmm. Dee made a sacrifice for emma's benefits <laughs> by gosh she's got it yeah she's gonna go on what is essentially the david letterman show yeah but that's not his name and just like joey says no such thing as a selfless good deed because she had to give up the house yeah, she had to give him the house in the Hamptons yes. so that Emma could go on TV. But Emma says, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a YouTube video instead. I'm going to do it my way. And Dee Dee's reaction here is my favourite reaction of all, where she literally just lunges for she her. She takes her jacket off. Straight out of The Shining. <laughs> yeah. And Dee Dee is owed a house. Yeah. 
I feel you like you owe me a house. You owe me a house. You and... know, you know, there's that meme where mm. like Kate Hudson is crying and shouting, and she's got the cat eating. Yeah, that's this scene. basically, and Tom literally has to lift her up yeah. to get stop her. I feel she's a very like passionate woman. She shouldn't have to lose her house in the Hamptons because they don't ever actually do the arrangement. Yeah, I doubt that that guy sounds like he's going to agree to that. No, he doesn't. But Emma, most importantly, has the plan for her, you know the inclusive prom. Mm-hmm. She wants Barry to be her date. Yeah, and she tells Barry that her and Alyssa broke now. Up. I just want to say at this point, this is a film called The Prom. Mm-hmm. It should be called The Proms. We get three proms in this show. Mm-hmm. Four if you count Barry's. Yeah, his flashback prom. This film delivers. On proms. Yes. We're ready. Yeah, We've this got so point, many proms. I really, really like that we've seen the vulnerability to Barry. Yeah. He no longer feels like a gross caricature. He feels like he is human. Completely and utterly human at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's it's much needed. He's finally stripped away all his makeup. And he's looking at his phone with his mum. Is he going to ring his mum? He does. And then he immediately hangs up. Yeah. We go to Unruly Heart. Like all teenagers shunning conventional media, she looks to stream her story. Yeah. And she live streams a song that she's written about her experience that she has called Unruly Heart, which is about how normal, in inverted commas, people can shout their love for everyone to see but that the people that are like her will understand what it's like to hide yeah was this the point when you started to cry yeah so the way that i watched this originally because i try and watch things before we talk about them before danny sees it for the first time and i watched this with headphones in curled up in the corner of my sofa because you were playing playstation and so i had my headphones in and i was watching it and at this point i started crying and i i paused my game and gave you a big cuddle i didn't just let drew sit and cry no no that wasn't this point that's not when you came and gave me a hug okay well when i, I noticed started, you were yeah, crying i'd started crying at this point and i kept crying for the next yeah. 15 minutes until i was like not able to watch this anymore because yeah. i was so not upset but like you sad. needed to break yeah. yeah people reach out to thank her and support her and share their stories Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really powerful scene. Mm-hmm. I love the kind of choreography of like all of them on their chairs watching it and like they're in the middle of the room. It's beautiful. This scene is beautiful. Yep. She is surrounded by other people who are yes. like her, who have shared experiences with her. And she wants prom for all mm-hmm. of Indiana. Yep. And they have their anthem. Yeah, they do. That's what they wanted. And they're now raised with the issue of how are we going to fund this prom? Yeah, because Barry says, oh, we're giving her this prom. Yeah. And he just gets his credit card out and he says, charge that until it declines. Which will be very shortly. And all the actors fund the prom. Yep. And I just Angie doesn't great. even have a credit card anymore. She yeah. has some cash. Yeah. And... No, and it's nice. What I like about this is I think there's always been a myth that if you're an actor, you are very well off. Yeah. And the point is, unless you're Dee Dee Allen. Yeah. That's not... Well, this is exactly it. Like, just because you are on Broadway doesn't actually mean you are a superstar doesn't mean you're earning a fantastic wage yeah and I think this is a really good depiction of that that the actors are like well yeah we don't have the money mm-hmm. and I, I do like this moment Trent that gives his card and says you can try that but cross your fingers yeah because he has no money yeah he has he doesn't have a job right now and Dee Dee says 
I gave a house. What right. more do you want from me? And they're like, you have a black American Express card, like black card. Yeah. You use that. There's no limit on that. Yeah. And they, they fund the prom. My favorite line of this sequence is as they leave, mm-hmm. we have Andrew Rannells talking to Nicole Kidman. The students will want to see us perform some kind of number. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love that even at this point. Do you know what? For him, mm. I think above everyone else, this must have been such a cool deal to be like in scenes with Nicole Kidman with Meryl Streep. Like, him and Nicole Kidman flirt this whole film yeah, too. This it's kind of great. A, it feels, and I, I really hope that this is the start of like his star really shining. Because mm. he's been in some TV shows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, didn't even, you weren't even aware he's a voice in uh, Big Mouth. Yeah, but I don't like that show. I know you don't, but you weren't aware he was he's a voice in it. Mm. And I really hope that his star continues to rise. Because yeah. he's an incredible talent and I really want to see him be successful. More than anything. Mm. Barry's mum shows up. You didn't recognise who she was. No, I know. That was really stupid. It's Tracy Ullman. It is. Who... Fred. Yep, Fred. And also... Jack's mum. Jack's mum. Yeah, so she doesn't have her own name. Interesting that this is a another show on the podcast that has James Corden, Meryl Streep, and Tracy Ullman. Mm-hmm. She is so sorry. Yeah. She acts this scene really well. They both, they both do. It just feels... I can see why people are upset. This should be a gay actor yeah. performing this scene. And I don't want to say more than that. James Corden does a fantastic job, but... It just feels insincere. He he does a really good job. But I feel like this scene doesn't have the power it should do. Mm-hmm. If this was somebody who had been through that. Right, and this is the thing. Anything in a film where there is an older person getting upset makes me cry. Yes. <laughs> any, any media. It could be an advert and I will cry at it. But... I didn't get upset. This is the in-between of me crying. So I cried through and really hard. Yeah. And then this happened and I stopped. Yeah. Because I, I have no feelings for James Corden as this character. And it shows, it's not his fault, yeah. but... I think this is a really good performance by him. And it does show that he is more than just this comedic actor. That mm-hmm. he does have the ability to act. I just I don't think this was the right... Thing. No. But we're not going to say more than that. We learn that his dad still isn't there. Yep. And they reconcile, which I do think is sweet. It's nice that the character of Barry gets some closure. Yeah. Alyssa stands up to her mum. Yeah, so they're in the hall setting up for the prom. And Mrs. Green comes and says, Not here. The PTA hasn't given their blessing. Well, why do the PTA need to give the blessing? They don't own the school. No, it's not a school sanctioned event. Yeah. It's not even a school event. It's been, it's literally the hall's been hired out, yeah. which happens to all schools. And presumably the money will go into the school. So why would they say no? Yeah. And she's very annoyed about it. And while she's going on about it, Shelby and Kaylee come in and Alyssa sneaks in behind them. And they both apologise, which is great. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Green is definitely like, huh. (laughs) They apologise. And they say, yeah, Andrew Rannells explained it to us really well. And, you know, that that was great. And Andrew Rannells is like, yeah, it's because they don't have a drama programme. They have no empathy. And he gets a job. (laughs) They're like, yeah, you should be a drama teacher. And he just gets hired on the spot. It's great. Yeah. 
so Barry has at this point told Emma why they showed up, which I like. I like that Emma knows the truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Emma knows that they were here initially for their public image, but they yeah. learnt. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you're going to have to build something. It may not be a house, but you're building a prom. Yep. And Alyssa tells him to shut up and that tells she just needs to she, listen. Yeah. And she says she thinks it's brave. Yeah. And she comes out. Yeah. And... And her mum says... I just don't... I think I've heard this line a lot. And I don't know whether it's... Like, I've heard this line in real life, but I've also heard it in other, like, LGBTQ plus media. I've seen it. People talk about it. Is that parents have a tendency to say, I just don't want your life to be difficult. And she responds with, it already is. Yeah, it already is difficult. I've never heard that as a response before. And that's amazing because life, life is hard. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody I has their own problems. got goosebumps. Yeah. This scene was beautiful. Mm-hmm. This scene was painful. A hundred percent. You could feel the pain in Alyssa coming out. You could yeah. hear how difficult it was. Mm-hmm. But you also felt it was beautiful when she's like, I love Emma. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really good moment. Mm-hmm. And I like that it wasn't all like sunshine and rainbows and everyone claps no. and applauds. It was. And they're all just stood there in shocked silence. Because this is the first point everyone realises. Bar Shelby and Kaylee. Yeah, that Emma's girlfriend was Alyssa, which mm-hmm. I like as well. Oh, God, can... imagine being Tom. Yeah. And being like, are you kidding me? Jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, and Alyssa's mum says we have a lot to talk about we will talk about this at home and then she leaves yeah and Alyssa has a complete breakdown which fair enough and the others are like let's go set up for prom give them some space let's go set up we go to our final number in the finale of this film and the prom looks gorgeous man this is nicer than the original prom was yeah does Barry no longer have a date no because it was supposed to be Emma but now his mum's here so it's fine and they've built a prom for everyone. Mm-hmm. Barry's date is his mum. And we the most triumphant news for Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. She will be Roxy. Yep. She told them not tonight, though. I've got a prom. So I'll be on the red eye in the morning. Yeah, I love that. I love that she doesn't ditch them. No. I don't understand Barry being prom queen. I don't quite get that. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I think the point is that he never got to go to his... But, you know. I could have done without that. And I don't know what the response to that is. And maybe I just don't get it. Maybe it's just a a, a thing for me. Mm. From my perspective, it felt very similar to when Kurt was named prom queen. If if your whole point is we're building a prom for everyone, why are we having gendered the, like, gender norm of a prom king and a prom queen? Yeah. But also just... I don't know. Perhaps it is just... Because of that moment in Glee, that it feels very much know. like a I difficult... don't like it. It's in the stage show too. Yeah. I don't care for it. I'm not fussed. Unless you're a drag queen, you don't get to be a queen. Yeah, I don't feel like it. But again, I don't know if that's just me not understanding something because it's not my experience of the world. Mm. So I don't want to hate on this moment. Perhaps it is a nice moment that I it's just don't just understand. just a weird little throwaway yeah. line. Mrs. Green shows up in her pride dress to support Alyssa. This dress is great too. It is. And I said this to you while we were watching it. Where did she get this dress from? You had a great theory about it, which was that 
she had spoken to Meryl Streep, uh, not Meryl Streep, but to Dee Dee. And Dee Dee was like, and Dee Dee was like, I'll hook you up, don't I'll worry. Up. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Let me get she you. She essentially address. says, You matter to me. That More than anything else, yeah, but we have a lot to talk about still. And I, you know, I still don't completely get it, but I'm not going to lose you. Mm. And I'm going to, I'm going to listen to you. I think it's really nice that she seems to have realised that in harming Emma, she's, she's done so much damage to her daughter. Yeah. Which, like, her, that shouldn't be why she comes round, and that's really sad that she, the reason she comes round is because it's her daughter that yeah. it's affecting now, but also... But sometimes she came that's around, the problem, that's though, isn't it? That until an issue until affects, it affects you, you. Mm. you are guilty of kind of not understanding it because it's not humanised. Do you know what I mean? You need that personalization of an issue. Yeah. Tom gives Dee Dee a corsage. And then Godine. they kiss. Super cute. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the techno part to this song. And you said that's not how it comes across in the stage show. No, there is a dance break. Yeah, but here, I didn't but like But it's not kind of as... Dubstep. Dubstep-y, techno, yeah. yeah. I will say this, though. Mm. You did show me the Macy's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. I preferred this version to the Macy's Day Parade. Yeah. Which, I, again, we talked about how important that moment is having our first lgbtq plus kiss yeah was great. in 2018 however they're dancing and perhaps like you said it's because they're cold but also you don't want to, you don't know the characters yet their dancing kind of looked very wooden and stiff like when they're mm. dancing close so it lost they a bit dare of the you impact. to try and dance during november oh. in a skirt in new york yeah it's a small <laughs> criticism but yeah. just like compared to this like this felt really like triumphant at the end and they kiss Everyone claps. Hmm. We're going to ignore the credits because that song was written <laughs> for the prom. Yeah. Um, for the film. But yeah, this is a nice ending. It's, I yeah. feel like the world has had an important shift. Mm-hmm. All the characters have learnt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do. Yes, but they acknowledge that and I appreciate it. Which I that. like. I don't... Sometimes films are guilty of saying, well, the world is fixed. Move on. We forget about it. And they forget that there is a conversation that needs to happen to go further. Yeah. Who is your MVP in this iteration of the prom? Emma. Yeah. Because this is her breakout role. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. She's a little ray of sunshine. And yeah. she can sing so beautifully. She can. She, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I really hope she gets a lot more in the future because yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see her being a star mm-hmm. for the future. I have to say, for me, it is Trent and... Tom mm-hmm. as my two MVPs. Emma was fantastic. And I think, she, especially because she's so happy, happy, happy when she has her, her breakdown break moment. More. It's so yeah. powerful. But I just, again, for me, I feel like this could be a breakout moment for Andrew Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Seeing him on screen with Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep showed to me that he belongs. Mm, I feel like he's comparable to them. I've said to you for a while that I don't feel like he's had that moment yet to really shine. Mm-hmm. Andrew Rannells has a real talent mm-hmm. that he's not really been able to showcase yet to the general population. Yeah. And watching him with Nicole Kidman, Mel Streep, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. He's got the talent to do that. And I just loved every time head teacher Tom was on there. I've got to say again, one of my favourite ever depictions of a teacher in media. Yeah. Who do you want to play? Trent, other than the teacher. Trent or Tom. Yeah. 
I, I love both of them. It's interesting because obviously um, they've they've aged down Tom's character. Like you showed me mm-hmm. him on the Macy's Day. He's very much younger, like actually younger than James Corden as well. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because mm-hmm. he does look older and they've greyed his beard. And, yeah. You know, but... Do you want to have a fun fact? Go for it. Andrew Rannells and James Corden were born a day apart. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I think I'd have a lot of fun playing Trent. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are really the only two roles I could play. <laughs> yeah. But I would have a lot of fun playing Trent, especially in Love Thy Neighbour. Yeah. But I would also love to play that role of Tom. And perhaps I'm just too young for it now. Mm. So that's why I've kind of put the two roles, because, yeah, you know, I'm too young for Tom now, but someday I'd love to play Tom. Yeah. Fair enough. Who would you play? Emma. <laughs> Yeah. It's the only role I could be cast as. Yeah, that's fair. Because Alyssa is always played by either a black girl or a mixed race girl. Cool. Because that's pertinent to her character, mm-hmm. which we get more about in the stage show than in this one. I'm not old enough to play Dee Dee, and I wouldn't want to play. I would want to sing Zaz, but yeah. I want to sing Emma's part of Zaz. What's your best song? Either Just Breathe or Zaz. Yeah. <laughs> you were right. I love Zaz. That song is an absolute bop. I put Love Thy Neighbour. Oh, how could I have possibly guessed? I just really enjoyed it. That song's incredible. What's your skip song? In the nicest way possible, The Ladies Improving. Yeah. And not because it's not a good song. I just don't... This is another one where I don't think it works unless I'm watching this film. Fair. Because I know why it's here narratively. And it, she's great. Meryl Streep sounds yeah. amazing. I'm just not fussed by it, you know? You could probably cut that song mm-hmm. and you're not losing anything from the narrative. I. The other thing is, The Ladies Improving is the only song they didn't trim down in this film. Yeah. And I know it's because Meryl Streep's here. But at the same time... <laughs> I've got two skip songs. Uh, can I guess? Go for it. Uh, you Happened. Yep. Maybe Dance With You? No. Ooh, okay. Tonight belongs to you. I like what? Right. Oh, just the bit, the middle bit that you don't like. I yeah. I liked it when it was just Barry and Emma, mm. and I had that song just been them, and then we just had the rest of the kids going to prom. Yeah. Without song or dance, mm-hmm. fine. I didn't like it when it came to them, and I feel like it let that song down for me. So fair enough. I gave prom four stars out of five. Yay. I really Good. did enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, we've talked about the issues with it, which I think will stop me from being five. Because I think it's an issue. Yeah, it is. And I think it did kind of like put an asterisk next to this. Mm. I think, which is a shame because this is possibly one of the most important musicals and one of the most successful musicals. And I'd really hate that the message that this musical is supposed to promote gets lost Mm -hmm. and i really hope it doesn't get lost because i think there's going to be a generation that are inspired to be better people and maybe be empowered to be true about themselves i hope so and i would really hate if a miscasting ruins that Mm -hmm. i think james corden does well with the role all things considered, he shouldn't have been in that role. But I, like I said, we're not going to talk about it more. The fault lies with the casting directors. 
in my view. He yeah. could have said no, but let's be honest. What actor is going to say no to a starring role opposite Meryl Streep? Ones with sense. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. <laughs> but technically, if you're saying any male or any white male can go for this role, why wouldn't you audition? It comes down to the casting directors for not having the sense. Yeah. So, how are we starting our new year of musicals? We're going to start the year as we mean to go on. Yep. We're going to take no prisoners. Mm -hmm. We're going to be ruthless. Yes, indeed. We absolutely are. And I am so excited to watch this musical with you. I know absolutely nothing about ruthless. I think you're going to know more than you think you do, just because you live with me. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think I know nothing about ruthless. (laughs) Okay. So I'm quite excited. It's always fun when we watch a show that I know nothing about Mm -hmm. because no expectations. Prom, I knew a lot. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I went in with expectations. I feel like shows where I know nothing are the shows that are going to be better because it's an open slate. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes a nice surprise. It's going to be a fantastic surprise. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think 2021... We are going to continue to go from strength to strength. Mm -hmm. So you can find us next week, as always, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, on Stitcher and on our OG hosts Podbean. If you like the show, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. Spread the good word as we go into 2021. You can follow us, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. And like we said last week, please show us you dressed in your finest attire for prom, for New Year's, Mm -hmm. as you listen to this show. And if you know Ruthless and you like Ruthless, tell us about it. Tell us where you saw it, what you think about it. If you watched it when it was on, on... The shows, the must, shows must go on and that was the first time you ever saw it tell us what you think yeah get involved in those conversations especially with ruthless because mm, i've never spoken to anyone about it because nobody seems to know what it is so yeah and before we do end this year i just want to say a big thank you yeah. to anyone who has ever downloaded an episode and listened to an episode whether this is your first episode or whether this is your 39th episode mm-hmm if you have ever got in contact to say to us we liked this or we like this show and here's some things you need to know about it if you've ever just said something positive thank you for making our 2020 a little brighter and we hope that we have been a ray of sunshine in your 2020 a year that has been difficult for a lot of people Mm -hmm. so thank you for inviting us into your lives and your ears and your ears (laughs) gross and i hope you all have an absolutely fantastic new year's celebration we look forward to coming at you in 2021 Mm -hmm. so it's not just have a magical musical monday it's have a magical musical 2021 yes and you can find us next week the same bat place and the same bat channel.